I'm Kelsey and I'm Lindsay and you're listening to Hobbits at Heart. Well here we are again another week has gone by and Mm -hmm. it's so great to be with you again Kelsey. I know you too I like miss you. (laughs) I know I'm like I feel like we need to just like hang out and catch up like things have been happening lately. I agree. I know it's just like you know life gets so freaking busy. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad, even though I've been so insanely busy in the last couple of weeks, like, I'm glad that we're still making this podcast a priority and we're still making the time to do it, even if we're tired or if there's a lot going on. Like, I think this is important to both of us. And so I'm just glad that we're still making it happen. No, I agree. Like, I had that thought today of, wow, we're both so busy mm-hmm. and I'm still so excited to do this because we set aside the time to do it, but it doesn't feel like a chore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's like scheduling time to relax or take a short rest, if you will. (laughs) Um, It's important. And so this, I know that sometimes, this sounds so bad. Sometimes before we record, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. (laughs) But then every time we record, it ends up being like, oh my gosh, I just miss Lindsay. I love her. And this was so much fun. So just know, all of you listening, that this really does brighten both of our days, Um, especially when we're feeling like, tired or you know life gets to you yeah and I I just feel like it's definitely a labor of love and you know I've always said from the beginning like we just do it because we love it and because it's fun for us and Mm -hmm. you know I'm just glad that it's it's continued to be that way (laughs) me too and I just have to say last week's episode or two weeks ago whenever it was so much fun like I know that during the episode obviously you could tell we were having fun but I, when I edited that episode, I literally was laughing out loud while editing, texting you, Lindsay, like, oh my gosh, this part's so funny. Or <laughs> It was just so good. And thank you again, Stephen, for coming on because that was maybe one of my favorite recording sessions in the two years we've been doing this or one year, whatever. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, Stephen was just so much fun. And you know, I haven't like seen or talked to Steven in so long because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and we don't work together anymore and I was just like oh my gosh like can we like hang out all the time (laughs) you know I I just had such a blast so yes that was a really great episode I hope everyone else enjoyed it I know me too and (laughs) I feel like enough of our embarrassing moments were um relatable and um I will tell you that I will not be starting a career in owl noises so (laughs) But, like, you nailed it, Kelsey. You totally nailed it. Thanks. I've yet to actually look up what a barn owl versus the screech owl sounds like. Maybe I'll do that later. I know. Honestly, that's just going to be, like, your impersonation is forever what it's going to be to me. Like, I don't even care what it actually is. That's just what it is now. Good. We don't even need to look it up then. Yeah. That's just it. We're fine. (laughs) Well, I do have to say for this week's episode, Lindsay and I both have some beautiful artwork as our virtual backgrounds of Rivendell mm-hmm. and like uh I just want to move over so that you could see how beautiful it is look I know it is oh my not gosh that not anyone that can... listeners <laughs> I know well <laughs> an audio like format my... as Stephen said <laughs> the um the middle of mine is being blocked but it's this really pretty like bridge and the colors are just beautiful and so I can't stop looking at it while talking on the zoom screen so just know that we're looking at at each other screaming longingly as if we are in Rivendell. So. Yes, I know. I mean, who doesn't want to be in Rivendell, honestly? Like, ugh, such um, a beautiful place. Let me tell you the way they describe it. Because, of course, I've seen Rivendell before in Lord of the Rings. Um, also, spoiler spoiler alert, they go to Rivendell in this chapter. Um, <laughs> I mean, although- this entire podcast <laughs> is a spoiler, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we just jumped to the end. Yeah. So, um. Obviously, we've seen Rivendell before in the movies, but, and we'll get to some of my notes as we read on, but I've never, like, read it described, like, what it's supposed to be on, like, a first impression of Rivendell, and this is prior to Lord of the Rings when it kind of gets darker, you know what I mean, and, like, more serious, so I just really enjoyed the, um, I don't know, like, first impression, intentional first impression of Rivendell that we get to see, so... 
Yeah. But I have some more specific notes about it. I love that because I was thinking about that too. I can't remember if I actually made a note about it or if I just thought it. But, you know, for me, like I discovered Middle Earth. Actually, I guess I discovered it through the movie first. But I a lot of it I discovered through the books first. And there is so much more just like description and detail in a book that you can never mm-hmm. get in a movie. And I was thinking about that experience and that journey for you, Kelsey, and just like getting excited for you. Like, oh, you get to like learn more about, you know, the feelings behind things or the thought processes yes. behind things that you just don't get in a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially since some of the things that I was noticing during this is that it's like a before time of what I know it to be. So it's even more mm-hmm. like more educational, I guess, in a way, um, more eye-opening. So I really actually, it's kind of nice to have a short one. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. going to lie. <laughs> well, Lindsay, should I read us into chapter three? Should we go? Yes, I would love it if you would. Okay. <clears throat> chapter three, a short rest. They did not sing or tell stories that day, even though the weather improved, nor the next day, nor the day after. They had begun to feel that danger was not far away on either side. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I know. I love Ooh, just, I just want to keep reading. I know, right? <laughs> Wait, can we just read the whole chapter? Like, that's just going to be the podcast. They camped under the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but I love even that second sentence. Like, they had begun to feel that danger was not far away on either side. Like, I... Mm-hmm. I underlined it. I didn't write a note, so I don't know why I underlined it. But um, I guess I just liked that sentence. <laughs> but I like it because to me it's saying danger was not far away on either side. So like whether they kept going or turned around, like I'm not sure what the intention was there. Like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Either side of what? The day? <laughs> I think on on all sides of them, there's just danger all around. Right, you know, so no matter the which way they went, yeah, even if they turned back around, they could still happen upon danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also underlined a sentence not too far down from that. The far bank was steep and slippery. When they got to the top of it, leading their ponies, they saw the great mountains had marched down very near them. And I just, again, I know people talk about Tolkien and his descriptions, but I loved the idea of the mountains marching down to them. That's just Mm -hmm. not a way that I would ever think to describe a mountain. (laughs) No, I agree. And I feel like in our world, like we would say like, oh, it crept up on me. Like you didn't even see it coming. Obviously it was there the whole time. That's kind of how I translated that. Um, But I underlined that too, actually, because I just thought there's so many interesting words. Like they marched. Like, I don't know. It just was really good. A good, good, good sentence, Tolkien. Yeah, it just makes the mountains more active and it makes it seem like the mountains Mm -hmm. are these living creatures, you know, it gives it more like magic. Obviously, we know the mountains aren't marching down, but it just makes it feel like the mountains are alive. Well, I was going to ask because these are like the misty mountains, right, that they're talking about because Bilbo says, is that the mountain? Mm hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, of course not. It's only the beginning of the Misty Mountains, which, by the way, I like that it says, uh, is that the mountain, asked Bilbo in a solemn voice, looking at it with round eyes. I just picture, like, almost anime, like, his eyes being, like, I know. You know, with, like, the little yeah. twinkle in the, like, uh-huh. I wrote down there, like, oh, he's so innocent and naive. Yeah. On the next page, actually, I underlined... <laughs> this moment, which I just felt is so relatable. I feel like you know it's what I'm going to say? Way. Yeah. Just at that moment, he felt more tired than he ever remembered feeling before. He was thinking once again of his comfortable chair before the fire in his favorite sitting room in his hobbit hole and of the kettle singing, not for the last time, but mostly feeling more tired than you've literally ever remembered feeling before. We all know what that feels like to just have like a veil of tired, mm-hmm. just drape over you and you just don't know how you're gonna stay awake yeah I honestly felt like that was very relatable I wrote bone tired next to that Mm -hmm. and that's how I actually described how I was feeling to a friend of mine the other day I was like I feel so bone tired um because I was just working so much like so much overtime and you know starting a new job and learning new things oops I just hit my microphone um (laughs) you know learning new things and I was like 
Oh my God, I know exactly how he feels. Just that heavy exhaustion and wanting to rest mm-hmm. so badly. Well, we all feel that way. Yeah. We, we all are in this together. <laughs> so re- Not to quote High School Musical. Once again, Bilbo just being so relatable. I know. We really are hobbits. Every time I read this, I'm just like, well, dang it. I really am a hobbit. That's why we're a hobbits at heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay. So just after that, Gandalf is leading the way, explaining that they, sh- they can't miss the road into the Misty Mountains because if you take the wrong road, you'll get lost. If you even, and then says like, you have to come back out to the beginning again if you can even do that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just curious if the mountains are like actually kind of cursed where like if you don't stay on the path, it's nearly impossible or just that they're, it's just hard because they're misty and you don't know where you're going. That's a good question. I actually don't know, like, I don't know the proper answer to that if they are cursed or not. I know in Lord of the Rings and the Fellowship of the Ring when they're also going through the Misty Mountains, they kind of describe the mountain as having a personality in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, the mountain wants you to stay lost, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Is the Misty Mountain the one with the snow when they're, like, all in a single file line? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's part of the Misty Mountain mountain range. Okay. Oh, Kelsey, you can refer yeah. to the map at the front of the book. <laughs> okay, let's do that really quick. Here we go. So if you're looking at your map on the the second, wait, yeah, the second map on our book the anyways. Second map, okay. Okay. You see um, on the left of it, it says Elrond, Rivendell, and then there's like this whole mountain range called the Misty Mountains. So you basically have to get through the Misty Mountains to continue on to the rest of Middle Earth from here. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Thanks, Lindsay. Look yeah. at, now I'm like, wait, I just want to look at this for a second. <laughs> and it's interesting because a lot of the important parts of the rest of like the Lord of the Rings trilogy I'm realizing aren't really on this map because I was gonna like point out like the different parts of like Frodo's adventure but it's not on here because it's not relevant to the story I guess yeah not really I'm trying to look at the first map and figure out what's really happening there it's just a lot of words I think this is the map um oh this is Thor this is Thor's map Thor's map or Thor Thor being his father I think yeah Mm mm-hmm which we talk about later mm-hmm. in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That is actually really helpful. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I did like when they talk, they're just describing the mountains a little bit more and they describe it as being heather in color. And like, I don't know why I just love that so much. It kind of reminds me of like Purple Mountains Majesty, right? Because I think, I think heather is like a pale lavendery blue mm-hmm. i think so i think that's what i think of i don't know kind of like in my little painting on my background mm-hmm. here very like watercolor. it's so yeah because i think these mountains are supposed to be so like daunting and scary yet they're beautiful mm-hmm. yeah so i i like that i was i wrote a note on the next paragraph after that you know, where it says they were growing anxious for they now saw that the house might be hidden almost anywhere between them and the mountains. They came on unexpected val- valleys, narrow with steep sides that opened suddenly at their feet. And they looked down, surprised to see trees below them and wanting, wa- wanting oh my God, running water <laughs> at the bottom. Yeah. And it just like goes through all of this description of everything that they're trying to get through to find um, the valley where, where Rivendell is. And I was like, mm-hmm. Are they hiking all of this? Like, they're on horseback through all of this. I'm assuming they're on their ponies. And I was just thinking, like, that sounds so exhausting, <laughs> trying to get through all of that. And and they've, they've already been doing this for a very long time. I'm not going to tell you exactly how long, because who knows? Yeah. But a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And every time that I go on a hike or go horseback riding, I... Seriously, I'm just, like, imagining what it would be like to go through Lord of the Rings. Like, that's just immediately my 11-year-old Lindsay imagination brain turns on. And, you know, I get exhausted after, like, two or three hours of horseback riding or, like, a five-mile hike. (laughs) I just... Oh, yeah. It's just... I don't know. There are certain times reading, like, any fantasy story where I'm like, whoa, I can't believe that they're doing this. How are they doing this? 
but yeah i think you just have to remember that um the stakes are probably a lot higher that you know you could surprise yourself you could get anything done if you put your mind to it lens thank you i'm sure yeah, if you're i was trying to save the world or get vast amounts of treasure i would do it <laughs> you could do it <laughs> if if um bilbo could do it we can do it yeah that's right Frodo, I don't know. He's he's like stronger than me. So, but mm-hmm. I see more of myself in Bilbo than I do in Frodo. Definitely. In case you're curious. <laughs> okay, right after this, they just they're like literally almost in Rivendell. They just keep describing like, "Wait, is it here? I think it is here because look at this hidden stuff." Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of reminded me of um in Doctor Who when they say it's like bigger on the inside because he kept saying like every time we would see something new, it was like, "Oh, I didn't realize there's all these other things over here, like a valley or a river or whatever. Yeah. But when they describe Gandalf's horse in a moment, and it says they came to the edge of a steep fall in the ground so suddenly that Gandalf's horse nearly slipped down the slope. And I'm just curious, is this or is this not Shadow Facts? Because they have not said its name at all yet in this book. I don't know, uh, actually. they. I don't think they ever call this out as being shadow facts. And I don't know at what point he gets shadow facts. I don't, I'm, like, really curious. <laughs> I honestly don't think it is. Because I think he gets shadow facts closer to the time frame of The Lord of the Rings. I'm going to Google Wait, it. Wait, should we stop and look this up? Yeah. I am. I'm doing it already. Okay. Oh, Google's already. Okay, let's see. Well, if you're looking for, like, the very interesting answer, Gandalf rode Shadowfax for the first time on September 22nd or 23rd of the year, Third Age, 3018. Okay, well, that probably means something to some people, but not to me. <laughs> I know. Hold on. I'm going to say, did Gandalf have Shadowfax in The Hobbit? Did Gandalf have Shadowfax in The Hobbit? And I'm searching, Did Gan- when did Gandalf acquire Shadowfax? Oh, after being held prisoner in the Tower of Orthanc, 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 whatever, Gandalf escaped on September 18th and gained entrance to Edoras on September 20th. So he got Shadowfax during the Fellowship. Oh, during the Fellowship. Hold on. Yeah, on Tolkien Gateway... It says, Shadowfax was said to be much faster than the horses of the Nazgul and carried Gandalf for about 620 miles from 23 to 28 September. When they reached Weathertop, Gandalf was followed and attacked by the Nazgul on the night of October 3rd. Shadowfax then carried Gandalf far into the north to distract the ringwraiths from from chasing the ringbearer. Okay. Okay. So, I think it happens after Gandalf gets i was gonna say arrested (laughs) captured by saruman (laughs) and he breaks free from there and then that's when he gets shadow effects which makes sense sorry because isengard is right next to rohan so it makes sense that he would have gone to edoras after that okay yeah so he has a different horse right now Mm mm-hmm okay great i'm so glad i asked that question because they kept saying gandalf's horse and i was like Okay, um, did he just not name it yet, or, like, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. That was a good question, actually. Thank you. I I do ask a lot of questions, so. (laughs) What I do want to know now, though, is what Gandalf's current horse's name is, which I don't think we're going to get the answer to that, but. Well, I'm afraid to Google it, because I don't, I think I just Googled a minor, minor spoiler about his horse. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. In The Hobbit, Gandalf rides two horses. Wait, don't read one, that. a mountain pony. There's okay. spoilers. <laughs> ah, okay. Just close it. <laughs> okay, I did, I did, I did. That's kind of already what I read. That's yeah. all. That's it. Just that he rides two horses. <laughs> oh my God, you scared me. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how much you want to like not be spoiled. <laughs> okay. Well, I just read that he has to get a second one for reasons. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, this is taking forever. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> After this, 
they start transitioning like into Rivendell and start describing the transition. And let me tell you, if you're listening to the audiobook, the Rivendell music comes on and it is just so beautiful to listen to. I just loved this part. I like rewound it and re-listened to it because it was so good. Yeah, and there's like water gushing in the background, but like it's very yeah. like pleasant water, you know, like a like babbling a stream. brook. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it is very pretty. And oh, this is where I wrote down that there are descriptions that you don't get in the movie. Um, because it says, you know, the air grew warmer as they got lower and Mm -hmm. the smell of pine trees made him drowsy so that every now and again he nodded and nearly fell off or bumped his nose on his horse. But just, I liked that it said, you know, I never pictured Rivendell smelling of pine trees. Yeah, me neither. That description, I was like, oh, I love the smell of pine trees. Yeah. And I'm sure it's a great transition from what they were experiencing to, And I like how it continues. The trees changed to beech and oak, and there was a comfortable feeling in the twilight. Yeah. What does that even mean? I love it. (laughs) I'm like, I know that feeling, though. Like a summery Mm -hmm. twilight where the air smells fresh and crisp, and it just feels like it does feel very comforting. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure this is the first time they felt like truly safe in a while, too, Mm -hmm. where you can finally just like relax, you know? So... On their short rest. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. And then. And. Oh. I was going to say. <laughs> and then we have this funny little elf song. <laughs> and I want to ask you, Kelsey, did you listen to this chapter first or read the chapter first? I listened first. Okay. Let me tell you, this song is a bop. <laughs> <laughs> funny that you think that because do you hate it well here's the thing when I first read this I did not hear the song the way that it is sung in the audiobook like I feel like the audiobook version is more acceptable (laughs) okay (laughs) what did you picture it like I'm sorry can you give us a sample of what you (laughs) thought it sounded like sounded very much more like like Santa Claus's elves to me in my head like when they're like <laughs> oh tra la 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 okay very more like I don't know yeah exactly and I was always so perplexed by this song because that was like the way it's written and the way that like, it sounded in my head, did not match the elves of Rivendell at all. And I've always mm-hmm. hated this song because of that. Well, here's, here's the thing, too. I noticed that the elves are being introduced to us in a way more, like, vibrant way than they are in Lord of the Rings. So I agree that this doesn't fit my knowledge of how elves are and how they act because I feel like in Lord of the Rings, it's a much more serious moment at Rivendell and when you first meet the elves and but I just assume the elves have always been that way and they always just take themselves so seriously but then here they are singing like <laughs> I don't remember the tune but it's like half stuck in my head like oh tra la la something like that yeah here down in the valley I don't know anyways that's kind of what I noticed is like this isn't the way I pictured the elves either. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But I did kind of like the song. I, I thought it was like catchy. And then they have some harmonies there in the end. And I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Is it in the movie? The song? I don't think it is in the movie. I think they cut it. Okay. And honestly, like I can understand why. Because I just feel like it is such a different depiction of elves. And I don't. Yeah, I guess it's like. In the Fellowship of the Rings and onwards, you know, the elves are leaving Middle-earth. Like, the elf, the elves' time is done. You know, they talk about that. It's the time mm-hmm. of, of men. And their people are fading. So I do wonder, like, were they more joyful and vibrant <laughs> before, you know? And that's what we're seeing here yeah. in The Hobbit? Or did, like, Tolkien just not fully flesh out what his elves were like? I don't know. 
No, I feel like, not to say like I think I'm right, but like I think there is reason behind why they would be different in Mm -hmm. both stories so far. So, yeah, I think that's valid. Yeah, I don't know. It just has always been like a sore point for me for some reason. I don't know. I think 11-year-old Lindsay just couldn't understand like the context and like the differences in the time frame and everything. And I was always just like, why does this song exist? (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with you. And I think it'd be weird in the movie. I think it'd be hard to picture them actually like, how would you have them singing it? Just like elves popping out behind trees like, (laughs) oh, there you are now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Oh, you're in the valley. Like that's just... I don't know if that's even... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do think that the song and the audiobook is so much better than how I thought it was. So that's good. Uh, let us know your thoughts, everyone, on this song and how you feel about it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even after the song, they say, so they laughed and sang in the trees and pretty fair nonsense, I dare say you think it. Um, and I was like, yes, yes, I do think it was nonsense. <laughs> no, but it's just, yeah, it's just a different <laughs> version of the elves, um, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. I do like how they go in to describe next, um, like, the relationship between dwarves and elves, mm-hmm. just very lightly. And so I like how it says, um, even decent enough dwarves, like Thorin and his friends, think them foolish, which is a very foolish thing to think. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. And I don't know. It's like Bilbo being like, why would you not like them? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I guess you don't. And interesting to think that they would think elves are foolish when clearly elves are so wise. Mm-hmm. But then it's like they literally say uh, f- they get annoyed with them for some elves tease them and laugh at them and most of all at their beards. And I'm like, what the heck, elves? You're better than that. <laughs> You're <laughs> no. giving them a reason to be annoyed at you. Yeah, seriously. Well, I know that elves and dwarves, you know, elves obviously value like the trees and nature and knowledge and music. And the dwarves are very much like the mountains and the earth and the gems and the treasure. So I think just the things mm-hmm. that they value are so different. No, I agree. <laughs> I do have a question. The The elf that talks straight away here, mm-hmm. the tall young fellow, is that supposed to be Legolas or is it just a random elf? Because uh, not Legolas because Legolas isn't from Rivendell. Um, this is true. You have not- is Legolas? Okay, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he would be at Rivendell, but you're right. He is not from Rivendell, yeah. so never mind. I honestly think the voice actor on the <laughs> the audiobook sounds exactly like Orlando Bloom. And I didn't know if he tried to make it sound like Legolas on purpose. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. Because yeah. he really does sound like him. Mm-hmm. No, this isn't Legolas, and I don't think we ever know who it is, actually. Just a young, tall fellow. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like... The dwarves, or sorry, the elves are teasing the dwarves as they're crossing the bridge into Rivendell, um, you know, saying, you know, don't dip your, don't dip your beard in the foam, father. It's long enough without watering it already. And mine, Bilbo doesn't. You just call Bilbo fat. I know. They're like, Bilbo's too fat to get through the keyholes. Don't give him any more cakes. <laughs> Which I was like, okay, fat shaming. I know. I know. Um. But also they're like, hey, come have supper. So they're still welcoming them, but they are, they're like little mischievous. They kind of remind me in a weird way of like Tinkerbell, like Mm -hmm. how she's, I don't know, like I am not really going to help you, but I guess I'm going to help you. I don't know why I'm thinking of Tinkerbell, but. (laughs) Like kind of, kind of I think she's worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They are just being a little um, like snarky, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That was a weird comparison in my head, but it just popped into my brain. I get it. It makes sense. Okay. I don't know. I've never really liked Tinkerbell. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she is kind of a little bit of a brat, you know? Like, she wants all of Peter Pan's attention and and gets jealous of Wendy and then, like, betrays them because of that, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, okay, I amend my statement. The original Tinkerbell, I really don't care for. The Tinkerbell movies are quite possibly one of the best movies, some of the best movies I've literally ever seen in my life, and you should all watch them if you haven't watched them. The animated ones. So, um, yep, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, definitely does redeem Tinkerbell for sure. I still mm-hmm. need to see the, like, Never Beast one or whatever. <gasps> <Let's see. laughs> I know. It's so good. I know. It is 
It's so good. Um, speaking of beast, sorry, tangent. Have you watched Turning Red yet? No, I haven't. <gasps> okay, I just finished it this morning because I watched half of it at work the other day and I finished it this morning while doing my laundry. It is so good. Really? Okay, I'll have to check it out because yeah. I was not at all intrigued by the trailers like whatsoever, but I keep no, hearing no. so much about it. Yeah, I, there's a lot of talk about it right now because of certain things that are mentioned in the movie, which I mean like, I don't mind talking about, but we just don't have time to talk about. It, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, but it's more than just what is, what is being talked about in, like, society. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think that you would enjoy it. Okay. And I think our listeners would enjoy it. So let's watch it, everybody. Good to know. Put it on my We're not list. sponsored. <laughs> we just enjoy a lot of Disney and Pixar products. I mean, how could you not? I know. I love it race on that shit <laughs> um i will say i am noticing the the more that i read this i'm noticing like i think you and steven had mentioned it last week that most modern fantasies like fantasy stories come from tolkien mm-hmm. and then i realized last week when i had mentioned like oh this reminds me of that scene in ella enchanted i'm like they literally probably took that idea from the hobbit yeah or, like, a lot of Lord of the Rings reminds me of Game of Thrones. Like, oh, I remember saying that in our first season all the time. And I'm realizing it's because they probably took it from Tolkien, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, sorry, this is my my segue back into fantasy stories from Disney. But I really do see it. Like, I'm starting to see it more and more. Like, wow, he really is, like, the father of fantasy. Yeah. And I just, like, had no idea. <laughs> I know. It's like we have Tolkien to thank for I mean, I'd actually be curious to know, like, what fantasy there was out there before Tolkien. But I do Mm -hmm. know that, yeah, like, we have Tolkien to thank for the fantasy genre as we know it, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, there's just references everywhere. I love it. Yeah, it's great. So after they enter, you know, the last homely house, as Rivendell is called, you know, they find its doors flung wide. And then I just really like the way Tolkien put this. Um, He says... Now, it is a strange thing, but things that are good to have and days that are good to spend are soon told about and not much to listen to, while things that are uncomfortable, palpitating, and even gruesome may make a good tale and take a good deal of telling anyway. And I don't know why I loved that so much, but I was just thinking like how that's so true and how I know that it's, yeah, like the things that are going good or the things that are going great, like it's, I feel like we generally don't talk about that as much as like the really stressful things that are going on or like this really crazy situation that happened and Mm -hmm. I don't know it's it's just true it's like the peaceful times like there's not really much to talk about there like we're all just bopping along (laughs) right in our lives (laughs) (laughs) and I just liked the way he phrased it I guess me too it kind of reminded me you know how people all say not all people you know what I'm trying to say? People say that they have like that one like party story, which is like a crazy story that you would tell at a party to like get people's attention type of thing. It's one of those like uncomfortable, palpitating, gruesome, good tale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I think of. I think about my um my go-to party story is about my one of my roommates when I lived in San Francisco. And I'm not going to tell it right now, but if you ever want to hear that story, you let me know because it ended in – um the cops arriving at our apartment at 3 a.m. on finals week. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like you've told me that story, but now I don't remember how it goes. So you're going to have to tell me again later. I'll tell you another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in that same paragraph, Lindsay, you know what I love that he says they stayed long in that good house. 14 days at least. <laughs> He's given us a time frame. Yes. And I just, I don't know if we'll ever get one of these again. So I had to mention it. <laughs> I love that because I actually circled 14 days. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> like we know. Yep. This was two weeks. Yep. It's been two weeks. I would love to go to Rivendell for two weeks. Are you kidding me? I know. And that's what Bilbo said too. He would gladly have stopped there forever and ever. Even supposing a wish would have taken him right back to his hobbit hole without trouble. Um, and then it says, yet there's little to tell about their stay. I'm like, Tolkien, I want to hear about every day of that two weeks. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what they did in their free time. I want to hear what the room is decorated like. I want to know what they ate on their meals. Come on. I want like a 
a travel blog of Rivendell. I know. <laughs> through Bilbo's eyes. <laughs> Give us a full itinerary, please. More descriptions. I know. Oh, man. And then we meet Elrond, which... Yes, we do. Again, I think is interesting because they say in the description of him, he says that he was as kind as summer. Yes, I wrote that down as well. And I was just like, you know, once again, this is a very different Elrond than the Elrond we see in The Fellowship. Because in The Fellowship, I don't Mm -hmm. know that I would describe him as kind as Summer. He's like cold and stern and wise. And overbearing. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess this is a softer Elrond. Hey, he's he's like been through some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, I like this. Is it the same actor they have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Elrond? Okay. I was like. It's not that long before Lord of the Rings, so it's not like they would need a crazy younger elf, even though he doesn't really age, so. Yeah. Although, I know that in the Lord of the Rings series, we're going to see, you know, we've already seen a picture of younger Elrond, mm-hmm. so I think that will be That's interesting. That's right. I'm excited. Ooh. Um, but yes, I wrote <laughs> the same thing. I Also, not only do I love the description kind as summer, but... I was like, oh, this is oh, this is Elrond, I guess. I don't know this part of him yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I like that it says his house was perfect, whether you liked food or sleep or work or storytelling or singing or just sitting and thinking best or a pleasant mixture of them all. And for one thing I wrote, I want to go there. But also yeah. I was I wanted to ask you, like, if you were to go to Rivendell, like, what mm-hmm. would you want to do? How would you spend your time? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's a good question, Liz. I don't know. Like, of course, I'd want to go on some, like, daily walks. You know, not hikes, okay? I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe I'll do, like, a hike. But, like, a but, stroll. Like, a, a daily stroll. I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> this is where my brain went when you asked that question, is, like, if I were to have quarantined, you know, like we did in the beginning of 2020, but it was in Rivendell. Like I had every day free mm-hmm. and I knew that I was going to have the next day free to do whatever. Do you know what I mean? Right. Which I guess could also be called a vacation, but in my brain, <laughs> it's associated with quarantine. Because honestly, so in I this picture, society, when do we get two full weeks off ever, honestly? Only when you have COVID. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Oh, yes. Depressing. <laughs> um, anyways, for trolls, I picture no. myself... <laughs> Picture myself doing, like, a little daily walk, maybe, um, like, I don't know, painting or, like, watercolor or something. A little paint-by-number moment. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's, those are, like, the first two things that come to my mind. I don't know. I'm wondering what, like, types of things I can, like, learn how to cook when I'm there, you know, Ooh, or eat. Yeah. Like some elvish and, cooking. Um, yeah. And also, I'd, I don't know. I feel like I'd probably want to read a little bit. I could read The Hobbit when I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of me in current times going to Rivendell, not like me in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Yeah. I think for me, I would definitely want to read because, you know, elves have lots of books. They have so much knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I could just see myself like sitting outside on a patio with like the sunlight streaming down and a very light breeze. Uh Uh-huh. And listening to like the waterfall or the Mm -hmm. babbling brook, as you said. Yes. And just, you know, reading my book and having, you know, some berry wine because I don't know why elves don't drink regular wine. It's always berry wine in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, yeah, like I would just totally want to, I agree going on walks, but, um, sitting and reading, being in nature and eating really good food. And I think I would want to go listen to the elves sing. I know they, they always talk about how Bilbo loves hearing the elves sing. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that's a very beautiful experience. So. Mm-hmm. Especially on a June night or whatever they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we should go. Okay, I want to find a place. I'm sure some crazy fan <laughs> has made, remade like Rivendell themed place. Ooh. And we can like go and take a mini vacation in their version of Rivendell. That's actually not a bad idea because I know that there are Airbnbs made to look like hobbit holes, which I would love to go yes. to. But we need to find like a Rivendell type like land. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like where um, we'll probably have to go to like Germany or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Maybe Canada. That might be a little closer. <gasps> oh, let's go. I love Canada. I would love to go to have Canada. Have you been? No. <gasps> okay. 
Kelsey and Lindsay's next trip, Canada. Yes. Let's make it happen. I'm so down. You will not want to come back. Let me tell you, I went in like February of 2020 and I did not want to come back. I probably shouldn't have come back. Yeah, right. If I had known what was going to happen. But um, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Where in Canada did you go? I went to Vancouver. <gasps> I was going, going to go there in December last year, 2021, when freaking Omicron came and decimated Omicron. all of our plans well one time we will go yes honestly like it is so great and um yeah i'm gonna Canada. continue this tangent for like 20 more seconds i really want to go to okay. prince edward island because that's where anne green gables was filmed and takes place and I don't what's know. prince edward island it's on the east coast of um canada and oh that's far yeah and it's a a little island. Have you seen or read Anne and Green Gables? <gasps> no. Oh. <laughs> I love. Okay, everyone, listen up. <laughs> there is an Anne and Green Gables, not Anne with an E on Netflix. I actually haven't seen it. I don't really care to. There is an Anne and Green Gables, like three. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I don't really care to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am a Anne of Green Gables um, super fan and don't waste your time with Anne with an E. Okay. I don't really care to see it. I feel the same way about Pride and Prejudice 1995 versus 2005, but I won't go there because I know that's a touchy oh subject. Um, oh, I'm going to need a short rest after recording this. Jeez. <laughs> sorry. I just, I'm very attached. No, I'm kidding. Because kidding. it's what I was raised with. But yes, Anne of Green mm-hmm. Gables, look it up. The movies, there's um, three of them. It's like a short mini series, and they are just delightful. They're like okay, very. Cozy. Do I have to read it first? No, I would just say watch it. The books are good okay. too, but wait, I would say watch it. Wait, Linz, which version of Pride and Prejudice do you prefer? Colin Firth as Darcy. Okay, okay. I was gonna assume. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I saw the 2005 version. Actually. That's a lie. I was going to say I saw that one first, but from start to finish, I did see that one first, but I was raised watching the other one with my mom. I only saw bits and pieces of it, though. Mm. I used to watch the 1995 version like every year for years and then the 2005 And I read Pride and Prejudice. That was one of my favorite books when I was a kid. And there's just like so much that's hacked out of it in the 2005 movies that I just, you know. I... I get it. I watched the 2005 one, like I said, like for the first time seeing all of it at once. I watched it during quarantine and I thought it was magical. And I was like, oh, this is my new comfort movie. (laughs) Yeah. I know a lot of people feel that way. So I don't want to like, you know. Yeah. Say that. I think to each their own. I like them both. And I don't see, I don't have that like vein of competition in me where I have to pick one. I just like them both. You know? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Lindsay, let's get back on track here a little bit. Thank you all for going along with our tangents. <laughs> I think um, that's what makes our podcast. Our podcast is going on tangents. But Elrond starts describing the swords that they found from the Trolls Cave, which I think is really cool. And he describes, um, he basically explains to Thorin and Gandalf that these are actually used to be goblin swords or cleavers or whatever they were, and they talk about, like, well, how do we think the trolls got them? But they guess that, like, the trolls maybe got them from other people that, like, took them from the goblins back in, like, the war. Mm-hmm. That's my Spark Notes version of that. Yeah, it says that they were swords of the high elves of the west, kin of, of Elrond. So they're elvish swords. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but they have killed many a goblin. Oh, they were made in Gondolin for the Goblin Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, see? This is what happens in my brain. I just mix up everything and all the words. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> but I'm. St- are we not going to figure out what Bilbo has yet? That's later. Uh, <sighs> I literally wrote in my notes, what about Bilbo's dagger with like multiple exclamation points? <laughs> and this is my... Facial expression for that. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, we'll get there. But um, I think Ocrist and Glamring are super cool. You know, Goblin Cleaver and Foe Hammer. Like, those are just cool names for swords. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. 
And I, I really enjoyed listening to the description of it for some reason. Like, listening to it helped as opposed to just reading the way it was written. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and then he says, I have heard that there are still forgotten treasures of old to be found in the deserted caverns of the mines of Moria since the Dwarf and Goblin War. Dun, dun, dun. And you kind of hear, like, a sense of, like, <gasps> Thorin, like, pauses because he, like, wants to. Well, it's probably, like, sad because it's about the Dwarf and Goblin War, but he probably, like, I want to go to there and get the things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The treasure. (laughs) (laughs) The tunnel. (laughs) The tunnel. (laughs) You know, I still think of that, like, every time I see or go through a tunnel. Really? Every single time. Yeah. You know, at work, we have a tunnel Uh that gets you from one side to the other and Literally every day I walk through it and I just think, the tunnel. I am so proud <laughs> that I have instilled that in you because I'm yep. the same way. Every day I think of you oh. going through a tunnel. Oh, I love it. And Smeagol yeah. slash Gollum. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then we talk about the map and how they find what's called a moon letter on on the back of the map, I guess, or in the map, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really cool. Like... I don't know the way that they're just called moon letters. I just thought that was a really cool new thing, like a fantasy thing that I had never heard of before. Yeah. Um, but it's like a really intricate, like, description. Like, it has to be the same moon shape in the same season and the same time of day that it was written. And I'm like, what are the odds that they just pulled this out and managed to, <laughs> oh, this must have been written on a midsummer <laughs> night with the same exact moon shape. I'm so glad we're all here right now to be witnessing this. What are the odds? <laughs> I know. I wrote that down too. Like, what if they had tried to look at the map like two days before? You know, they mm-hmm. totally would have missed it. That just I know. doesn't and seem I mean, efficient to me. I guess it's like the whole point. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he wrote it in on purpose, but it just seems so like happenstance. Yeah. Like, this must have been written in a midsummer night. Wow. Well, <laughs> look look at, that. at us. Would you, would you look at that? Yeah, would you look at that? Yeah. <laughs> but that's going to become um, very important to solving the I'm sure. problem at the end. Because then they talk about on Durin. Basically, they have to get to this specific spot on Durin's day. And if you, my understanding was if they like look at the specific rock, then the, the like, keyhole or something will be visible on this time mm-hmm. at that day yeah pretty something much like that yeah you got it um but when they say this will not help as much i fear for it passes our skill in these days to guess when such a time will come again so do they not have their own type of like calendar or they don't know when Durin's day happens each year like do they not know the seasons it seems to me like that was kind of an ancient tradition and that has been lost mm. through the years, you know, probably especially as so many of the dwarves were killed, you know. But they say we still call it Durin's Day when the last moon of autumn and the sun are in the sky together. But they just don't know that it's happening until it's happening. I guess so. I don't know. I mean, I guess they don't have like a calendar with moon phases like I do. Yeah, like, they don't have like the scientific, you know, technology at their disposal to be like, there's going to be an yeah. equinox day or not an equinox which is why i feel like he wrote that sentence like hey everyone they don't know as much as us okay yeah. so they, they can't look it up on their google calendar on their iphone yeah because i mean how would you know when an eclipse is happening or something if mm-hmm. you know we didn't have nasa or whoever it is who figures that stuff out right <laughs> right so yeah then they basically you know they luckily figured out these moon letters and now they know what to do this definitely reminded me and I know you don't play D&D, Kelsey, but, like, this very much reminded me of the part in D&D where it's, like, you made it to a safe haven and you finally get to rest. And then, like, oh, look at this. You just so happened to meet an NPC <laughs> who just so happens to tell you about the rest of your quest. <laughs> You're, like, wow, so glad I came to this rest stop. Yeah, exactly. I was, like, oh, yes, this feels very D&D to me. Um, but now they are refreshed and rejuvenated and ready to go on their adventure. And again, I just love the description of the next morning was a midsummer's morning as fair and fresh as could be dreamed. Blue sky and never a cloud and the sun dancing on the water. Mm-hmm. And with that lovely, beautiful day, they head out of Rivendell and 
continue on. And that's it for oh chapter three. Oh my gosh, three. I'm excited. I know. Chapter three, or I'm sorry, chapter four is also a short one. Mm-hmm. A short-ish one called Overhill and Underhill, I think. Yeah. And I'm excited. And we get to Riddles in the Dark, which is one of my favorite chapters. So I'm very Ooh. excited about that one. Well, this was a nice little chapter. I have to say, like, obviously I'm enjoying reading The Hobbit, and I do look forward to, like, reading it and listening to it each week. Um, but it is kind of nice to have just, like, a somewhat uneventful chapter to just kind of, like, get my bearings a little bit again, you know? Because I feel like we jumped right on in with the hectic, like, everyone's showing up at my door, and now I have to host these people, and I don't want to be social. Oh, and here there's some trolls. Let me go, like save everybody you know what I mean and now it's like okay (laughs) let's just focus on the beautiful scenery and like rest for two weeks (laughs) yeah yeah definitely you know that there's always got to be that balance in a good book you know where there's like Mm -hmm. eventful things happening but then every now and then you need those those calm moments yes yay oh yay well this has been a short rest I'm so excited to continue reading chapter four and hear what all of you have to think so if you do want to Um, If you are reading along and you do want to send in some thoughts or questions about the chapter, please send it to our Instagram at Hobbits at Heart. Um, And we also post it on our story so you can respond to the question on our story a couple days before recording, which will probably be in about a week or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if you ever have any thoughts about any of the chapters that we've already read, we're always happy to go back and revisit them as well. Obviously, we are not afraid of going on tangents here. So. <laughs> Clearly. You want to talk? <laughs> we don't mind. <laughs> we don't mind talking about everything. You want to talk about Anne and Green Gables? You want to talk about Pride and Prejudice? I'm here for you. We can go on another tangent. Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Here we are. <laughs> the Red Panda Lindsay, or whatever. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> what is Turning red. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyways, with that, we shall let you all go. This was a fun, nice chapter, and we will see you all in a couple weeks with chapter four, Overhill and Underhill. I'm very excited. You've been listening to Hobbits at Heart. If you enjoy our podcast, please share, rate, and subscribe. And for exclusive content, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hobbits at Heart Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye.